Hello, welcome to Years of Hurt, a Euro 2020 podcast with me, Richard Carey. And then one night in Rome. What about that then? England through to the semi-finals and in style. I can't quite believe what is happening at this tournament. We're going to talk all about England's quarterfinal clash with Ukraine, as well as Czech Republic versus Denmark, Switzerland versus Spain and Belgium versus Italy. Plus, I'll be giving you my predictions for how the semi-finals will pan out. But there's a few bits of news to get to first. Man United have agreed a deal with Borussia Dortmund to sign Jadon Sancho. The signing is subject to contractual terms and a medical, which will be done after Euro 2020. It's believed to be in the region of around £70 million. It's quite funny, actually. Sancho actually started the game against Ukraine, and people were thinking because he's transferred to a Premier League side now, he's actually going to be able to start for England. None of that Bundesliga rubbish, eh? Over 20 million people tuned in to England's quarterfinal clash with Ukraine on the BBC on Saturday night. It had a peak audience of 20.9 million and is currently the highest watched live TV event of the year. But could the semi-final beat it? Well, it's bad news for those who are worrying about the ITV curse as the England match will be on ITV. Well, I mean, England did at least beat the Czech Republic on ITV a little bit early in the tournament. So maybe, maybe it'll be okay. Let's hope so. Now let's get the results from the Euro 2020 quarterfinals. Switzerland won. Spain won. Spain won 3-1 on penalties. Belgium won. Italy 2. Czech Republic won. Denmark 2. Ukraine 0. England 4. Nice Mount with the corner. There's another one. Jordan Henderson has his first goal for England. And England have their fourth of the night. Yes, he missed the penalty in the warm-up games. But that must have felt absolutely amazing. So England had to travel to Rome for their only away game in Euro 2020 as they face Ukraine in this quarter-final clash. England went in as strong favourites against their opponents who were the worst-performing third-place side to qualify for the last 16. Would England be affected by the lack of home support in Rome, or would Southgate's three lines march on to yet another semi-final? Sterling played a through ball to Kane, he stabbed at it with his right foot and scored 1-0 England after just four minutes, always nice to get that early goal. After Walker gave the ball away, Yarmouchuk had a near post shot but it was saved by Pickford. England had a free kick on the left, Shaw whipped it in but Kane's header went over the bar. Sterling put a ball into the box. Ukraine cleared it, but it fell to Rice on the edge of the area. He hit a good shot, but it was saved by Bouchan. Sterling played a through ball to Shaw, who cut it back to Sancho. Sancho turned and he took the shot, but missed. Shaw was called offside, but on the replay, it looked like he was on. Shaparenko had a shot from distance, but it went wide. In the second half, England had a free kick from the left. Shaw delivered it perfectly onto the head of his United teammate, Harry Maguire, who headed it home to make it 2-0 to England. That was a great start to the second half and it got even better. Mount made a run from the halfway line. He laid it off to Sterling. Sterling passed to Shaw. Shaw chipped it into Harry Kane. Another great goal and fantastic build-up play for England. Jordan Henderson was brought on and he made an immediate impact. He chipped the ball into Sterling. It fell to Kane who hit it sweetly on the volley. Bouchan made a good save to deny the captain his hat-trick. Mason Mount took a corner and who was on the end of it? Only Jordan Henderson. He headed it into the back of the net for his first ever England goal on his 62nd appearance for the country. After a ball over the top, Pickford made a dash out of the area to clear the ball and scuffed it. Luckily he got away with that as Ukraine couldn't capitalise. Makarenko had a shot from long range 
It had a little bit of swerve, but it was pretty much straight at Pickford. And at full time, it finished Ukraine nil, England 4. So after a pretty even first half, England made the most of it after the break with two early goals to make it 3-0. It's really strange how this England team can win big matches quite comfortably. You're not really used to this. It was something similar three years ago in the World Cup quarterfinal when they beat Sweden 2-0 in quite comfortable circumstances as well. But something just doesn't feel right about it, not that I'm complaining. England were really dangerous in the air and many defences have struggled with this in the Euros. It's really good to see them getting some effective set pieces with two goals, one from a free kick, one from a corner. England's attacking ability was questioned earlier on in the group stage, but that seems not to be an issue right now. Kane is on scoring form, Short is terrorising defences on the left, even Jordan Henderson got on the score sheet so you know something is going right. That also shows you the quality of the squad. It is a squad effort and with all Southgate's tinkering, it has been working really well because that's just the level of quality we've got in the England squad. So things are looking good for England, but it's fair to say they didn't have the toughest competition in Ukraine. Despite a decent first half performance, the Ukrainians looked knackered after playing 120 minutes in their round of 16 match against Sweden. There's a lot of space in behind for England to exploit and of course those aerial balls did have an impact. Ukraine have done pretty well to get this far really and they should, probably should be pleased enough with that. England reached the semi-finals for the second consecutive time at a major tournament. Football will come home technically as they'll be back in Wembley for the semi-finals. Is it coming home though? Well I'm not exactly sure but there is a very good chance. This is probably England's best chance of winning a tournament in years. We look at how the draw's gone, Southgate's tactics and a team that really works well together and only seems to be improving as they go along. Things are really looking bright for the free lines, and this might be an opportunity they only get once in a lifetime. Now Mailer has been sprung here. That's a terrific cross and a wonderful goal. Dolberg makes it two from a fabulous cross play with the outside of Joachim Mailer's right foot. So who would England face? That would be answered in Czech Republic versus Denmark, a quarterfinal few would have predicted before the Euros. The Czechs upset the Netherlands in the second round thanks to a delict sending off, while Denmark outclassed Wales with a dominant 4-0 victory. But in the quarterfinal, it was all to play for in Baku, which team would make the long trip back to Wembley. Denmark got a controversial corner that probably should have been a goal kick and made the most of it. Strigger Larsson crossed it in and found the head of Delaney who made it 1-0 to Denmark. Hobosch played a long ball, the Czech defence didn't deal with it, Damsgaard got to it but his shot was wide. Schmeichel made a bad clearance, but he made up for it as he saved the shot from Hollas. So foul crossed it in, Borrell tried a bicycle kick but missed and Hollas's shot was straight at the keeper. Mailer pinged the ball into box with the outside of his right foot, absolute perfect cross. Dolberg got on the end of it with a volley to send it into the empty net, 2-0 Denmark, absolutely lovely stuff there. In the second half, Barak had a go from the outside of the box, but it was a good save from Schmeichel to prevent a goal. Sufau crossed the ball in from the right and Schick with a volley on the turn. It went to the bottom left corner. 2-1. That made it. Schick's fifth goal at the Euros. The same as Cristiano Ronaldo, but Ronaldo's slightly ahead for the golden boot because he has one assist. So could the Czechs get back into it? Barak had a volley from distance, but it went wide. Could have done with a deflection, really, to send it in. Paulson played it through to Mela. A golden chance at the near post was saved by Vaslik. And uh, full time, it was Czech Republic 1, Denmark so Denmark's dream run continues a fairly confident performance from them even if the Czechs threatened to get back into it in the second half Mailer was the standout player for the Danes he provided that delicious cross for the second goal had a great chance later in the game as well to make it 3-1 
Denmark have a lot of attacking threat and this is something England will have to look out for in the semi-finals. It could be their biggest test of that England defence so far. Denmark have really been on form since their final group game. Very much the favourites for both neutrals and Scottish fans alike now, especially with what happened to Christian Eriksen earlier in the tournament. It has been a great run for Czech Republic, but they couldn't quite equal their run back in 2004 when they got to the semi-finals. The Czech Republic couldn't quite find enough to make that comeback in the second half. Sheik equaled Milan Barros' effort at Euro 2004 with five goals. He's such an important player for them, and I'm sure his value has gone up significantly. And he does. It's another spectacular journey around the emotions that only football can elicit. And Spain are the first team through to the semi-finals of the European Championships. Defeating Switzerland in St. Petersburg. So the first quarter-final was in St. Petersburg and saw Switzerland take on Spain. Both teams featured in very entertaining matches in the round of 16 that both ended 3-3 after 90 minutes. Spain got through in extra time and it took a penalty shootout for Switzerland to knock out the world champions France. Was it time for another giant killing for Switzerland? Or had their dream run finally come to an end? As a corner for Spain, it fell to Jordi Alba. His shot came off Zakaria and went into the net. 1-0 Spain and own goal number 10, everyone! Yes, we made it into double figures. Can you believe it? Koke had a free kick on the edge of the box and it went over the bar. A corner came in. Aspilicueta's header was straight at the keeper. Switzerland had a corner. Zakaria got a header at the back post but put it wide. Couldn't quite atone for his own goal earlier. As a 1-2 between Zuba and Vargas, Zuba's near post shot was easily saved in the end. There was a miscommunication in the Spanish defence. It fell to Freuler. He squared it to Shakiri, who slotted in the bottom corner. 1-1 now. Freuler slid in with a tackle and a free kick was given. And Freuler was sent off for a dangerous tackle. He did get the ball though, but he's left his trailing leg there and two-footed tackles in this game are going to get you sent off. So Switzerland were down to 10 men. And at full time, it was Switzerland 1, Spain 1. In the first half of extra time, Alba played a low cross into Moreno, but somehow it was wider than the mark. Alba had a shot from outside the box, but it was tipped over the bar by Sommer. Some great work again by the Swiss keeper as Sommer saved Moreno's shot from close range. Oshifarbal had a shot and yet another save from Sommer. What a game he was having, basically single-handedly keeping Switzerland in it. In the second half of extra time, Rodriguez did some heroic defending as he blocked Moreno's shot. And after extra time, it finished. Switzerland won, Spain won. So, penalties again. Spain had already missed two penalties at the Euros and Switzerland had won a shootout against France. So would it be advantage Switzerland? So the first penalty was taken by Sergio Busquets and he hit the post. Gravanovic stepped up and put it in the top left corner. 1-0 Switzerland. Almost stepped up and he fired it into the top left corner. Shah tried to score in the bottom left, but Simon saved it. Poor penalty. All square after two penalties each at 1-1. Rodri stepped up and Sommer saved it. Akanji took the next one and Simon saved that. It's a low-scoring penalty shootout, everyone. I was waiting for this to happen because I thought there's so many missed penalties in this competition that we were going to get a low-scoring penalty shootout. Still 1-1 after three penalties each. Moreno belted his penalty into the top corner. Vargas shanked it over the bar, so advantage Spain, 2-1. 
IFIs you'll need it to score to win it for Spain. And he did in the bottom right corner. Spain won 3-1 on penalties and went through to the semi-finals. So Spain dominate the game as you'd expect them to do. Lots of possession, lots of chances. It is kind of amazing that this team managed to score 10 goals in two games when they're so wasteful. And a lot of their goals actually happen to be own goals. I think they're 3-1 up on own goals at the moment. Their defence has been very shaky though. A stupid mistake led to the equaliser for Switzerland. I'd expect them to be punished for that sort of defending in the semi-finals. Switzerland had a really good go at it. You know, they bravely battled on to get to the penalty shootout after they went down to 10 men. Kudos go particularly to their goalkeeper Sommer, who had an excellent game, really didn't deserve to be on the losing side. There is something about teams though who take part in two penalty shootouts in one tournament. It just seems like the second one is so much harder than the first. I mean, England know all about it from Euro 96 and now so do Switzerland after they struggled to score despite some excellent penalty taking against France. Spain were probably the deserving winners on balance, but I don't see how they're going to win this tournament with all their weaknesses in their side, particularly in defence and their wastefulness up front. Insignia again. Tielemans trying to come back with him, but he's round him. Insignia! What a hit! Two for Italy! Courtois beaten again! And the number one ranked team of the world are two down! Belgium certainly had a difficult path through the knockout stages. First had to face the Euro 2016 champions Portugal in the second round. Now they were up against Italy in the quarterfinals, who had extended their unbeaten run to over 30 games. But there was some good news for Belgium as Kevin De Bruyne, who was an injury doubt before the game, was able to start for his country. Could KDB and co knock out an on-form Italy and progress to the semi-finals? So... Italy won a free kick, Insigne crossed it into the box, Bonucci got a touch in it and it went into the net, but what's that coming over the hill? So when the free kick came in, Cellini was very slightly offside, maybe, and he flicked it on, then Bonucci was definitely in an offside position, so VAR scrubbed out the goal. Still nil-nil, and VAR strikes again. So a great run from De Bruyne, surprised to see he was fit enough to play really, his powerful shot was saved well by Donnarumma. Belgium had a counter-attack. De Bruyne played it through to Lukaku. His low shot provided another great save from Donnarumma. Belgium were really struggling with these Italy free kicks from deep. They took a short one. The ball was chipped into Immobile, who went down the box claiming a penalty. It wasn't given, but Verratti intercepted the ball and played it to Barella, who put it in the back of the net. 1-0 Italy. As if by magic, Immobile, who was down clutching his ankle, managed to miraculously recover when he saw his team had scored. It must be some kind of miracle, really. Perhaps that did put off the Belgians a little bit. Insigne made the run from the halfway line. He skipped past Tielderman and he curled it in from outside the box for one of the goals of the tournament. Take a bow, Insigne. 2-0 to Italy. So Doku made a run down the left, he was taken down by Lorenzo and a penalty was given. It was a little bit harsh as Doku seemed to be losing his balance anyway. Lukaku stepped up to take the penalty, he went down the middle but Donnarumma dived out the way. Belgium got one back, 2-1. In the second half, Chiesa slipped before he took a shot that went wide. Doku played it to De Bruyne across to Lukaku, he looked to have an easy finish but Spinanzola blocked the shot. Great defending. Insigne crossed it to Spinanzola, but he put it wide. Oh, lovely stuff from Italy. Chadley crossed it in, but Lukaku and Hazard couldn't get on the end of it to put it in the net. Spinanzola pulled up with an injury. He was stretched off the pitch. So bad to see him go off like that. 
It was a great run by Doku who got past two players, had a long range wild shot that went over and at full time it was Belgium 1, Italy 2. This was an exciting match with some excellent football. Belgium hit Italy on the counter-attack with some attractive play that complemented the skill of the Italians. Danny Murphy on BBC Commentary was saying this was probably the game of the tournament, and while it was fun to watch, I have to say, did he actually watch any of the matches on Monday? They were absolutely brilliant. It took a mixture of class and feigning injuries for Italy to book their place in the semi-finals. Insigne had that incredible goal after a run from the halfway line, and his crosses into the box were absolutely sublime. Spinanzola had a great game too before he was stretched off. He'll be a big blow for Italy if he is out of the tournament. Immobile will be known for his dramatics around the first goal. Donnarumma did a good job of stopping the attacking threat of Lukaku and De Bruyne on several occasions. As for Belgium, they struggled with Italy's set pieces and looked weak at the back. I think their ageing defence mixed with naivety of young players got the better of them. But they do have a little hope for the future in Jeremy Doku. The 19-year-old had some good chances in this match and seemed to be Belgium's brightest spark going forward. Whether this Belgium golden generation have one more chance to win silverware in Qatar in 18 months' time, that remains to be seen, really. So we're down to our final four and there's only three matches to go in Euro 2020. They'll all take place now at Wembley. And there's no third-place playoff in the Euros. Whoever loses the semi-finals will be going home, or in England's case, staying home. So on Tuesday night at 8pm it's Spain versus Italy and following that on Wednesday it's Denmark versus England also at 8pm. So if you did listen to my last episode I predicted the quarterfinals and I got them all right, how about that? It never usually happens. So I think for the semi-finals I think Italy will beat Spain, I think Italy have that class, Spain have looked frail although they've managed to get to the semi-finals, I think definitely Italy are the better team. Personally I think Italy are my favourites to win the tournament even with England having their great run. I think Italy have really been the class side of this tournament so far. As for the Denmark versus England game, I'm a little bit 50-50 on this. I do think Denmark will be England's toughest opponent so far in the competition, even tougher than Germany really, because Germany weren't really at the races as much. And Denmark have a good run of form, although they have had to do a lot more traveling than England have had to do. I think this will be pretty close. I'm going to say I'm going to put confidence in England and say England will beat Denmark. But I think it will be quite a close game. And this might cause England to concede their first goal of the competition in this match. I can see that happening. What do you think? Who do you think is going to win the Euros? You can tweet us at YOHEuros on Twitter. Thanks for listening to Years of Hurt, a Euro 2020 podcast. We've only got two episodes left now. We've got the semi-finals, and in our final episode, we'll recap the Euro 2020 final and give out our Euro 2020 awards. It's going to be a lot of fun in the last week of the Euros. It could make for some really exciting times. So for me, Richard Carey, it's goodbye. Goodbye.